Hey guys, what's going on? Zach here with the Zach Shanky Podcast. The audio might sound a little bit different because I'm actually recording this outside. It is not like super nice out, but it is nice enough for a walk. I am, on this particular day, I'm supposed to be walking for 30 minutes. Um, so I'm going to try to make sure I maintain a good, solid speed and uh, see where this goes. <laughs> My son is actually, we parked at the gym and he's inside, it's his leg day. We have different routines because we have different goals, fitness goals. But, um, so he's inside doing leg day, poor soul. <laughs> and, and today I just have to walk. It's, it's an easy, it's an easy cardio day, but it is cardio. So it's not a leisurely stroll, it's, it's a walk, right? Um, I'm a fan of walking as opposed to running. Does running burn more calories, work up more sweat, make you breathe harder, sure. It also really hurts your knees. My knees aren't the best. <laughs> so so here I am walking. Um, I actually was listening to one of my favorite podcasts, which I have not listened to in a while. Um, it's, it's really been quite some time. And so that podcast is called Business Wars. Um, I'll tell you what, if you've never heard of Business Wars, get on it, man. There's some really cool stuff in there that that I learned from um, over the years, and I continue to pull from. And it just so happens. So as, uh, first off, let me let me tell you what it's about. Business Wars is essentially it's it's done by a company called Wondery, and basically what happens is they research into these big companies that are rivals. And basically, they're at war with one another, right? Businesses that are at war. And they dive deep into the history of the business, into the history of the founder, and the, the purposes behind the whole thing, you know? Their vision that they had originally, and just the whole, the whole nine, right? And then they kind of develop the story in an entertaining way. And so not everything that is said in the in the stories are true, you know, it's, it's based on this research that they've done, but it still, it still presents the general idea in the general, like what actually happened. Um, and you should learn from this. Like there, one of the biggest things that I've learned from business wars is that you never really actually make it right. It's, it's like, <laughs> and, and I start to see this in a lot of other areas too, but you know, people, they look at a big business. Let's just say the, the one that I came to this realization with was actually Boeing. Another really big one that's a good one to think about is Marvel. Okay. Both of these companies, Boeing is a airplane manufacturer. Both of these companies, you would say, oh man, they've made it. Right? Like they don't, they, they might have some worries in terms of stock options and like making sure their stockholders are happy and their board is, is happy but they don't ever have money problems, right? Like they don't, they're not, they're not gonna go bankrupt anytime soon. That's what I thought. Turns out, turns out there were multiple times that Boeing almost went bankrupt. Um, turns out that if Iron Man, the Marvel movie Iron Man, back in whatever, 2000 and whatever, if that movie did not go as well as it did, even by a little bit, Marvel was going to go bankrupt. 
That movie was literally every last dime that Marvel had was put into that. In fact, Robert Downey Jr., he almost didn't even get the part because of how expensive he is. But they decided they'd go, no, <laughs> if we get a cheaper actor, we're still going to go bankrupt if this thing flops. We might as well spend the money and get the best, right? And they did, and oh my gosh, did it work out for them, huh? <laughs> so these are the kinds of things that you learn from these stories, and you can extract, anyway, it's, it's so fun. Um, so anyway, I've been listening to Business Wars. I got back into the podcast, and uh, it's been a while. And finally, the war I've been waiting for. Listen, I've listened to a lot of cool wars in there. And I've been waiting wholeheartedly for this one war to show up. Those of you that know me and my business partners, you may already have an idea of what war I'm looking at. It's the war, the battle between... Apple and Microsoft. It's this constant, it's this constant thing in our organization, you know, PC and Android users versus Apple users. And we have a couple of weird mixes in there, iPhone, but PC users. Um, <laughs> and it's, it's this crazy combo, guys. And uh, so anyway, by the way, I'm walking around this like empty parking lot. They got cameras everywhere. I kind of feel like sketchy like i'm totally doing something wrong but i'm not just going for a walk anyway so guys this is so cool apple versus microsoft i saw it on there it's very recent they just did this thing and i'm like oh my gosh i gotta listen to this i gotta listen to this so where i stand i'm i am not completely against apple okay apple i can't deny the fact that they are an amazing business model I can't deny the fact that their marketing is on freaking point. I cannot deny the fact that Steve Jobs is a is a wonder and a hero to many because of his ingenuity and his demand for perfection. Um, really, the guy is outstanding. Or was outstanding, sorry. I also cannot deny the fact that I can't stand Bill Gates. Can't stand the guy. Cannot stand it, okay? However, Windows computers... They do provide, for me, certain advantages that I cannot do without, such as gaming. Sorry, I like to play games on it every once in a while, especially with my kids, okay? And upgrade capabilities, right? You can buy one tower and just keep upgrading it instead of continuously buying one to $3,000 machines. Just saying. Um... There, there's flaws to it. I'm not going to say Windows is perfect. I'm just saying between the two platforms, I have to go with Windows, right? Like, I can't go another route. There's so much more that I do as well, guys. I program my mouse to do certain things, and it's just so much easier to do that, that kind of stuff with a Windows PC instead of a uh, Apple. But I wanted to hear this business war because although I prefer... The CEO of Apple, or the, I'm sorry, the co-founder of Apple, Steve Jobs, I think he's a better person in general and a better example of an entrepreneur. Um, I still want to know the story. I don't really know the background. I don't really know the, the, the fundamental story of Steve Jobs or Bill Gates. I know they had a movie about Steve Jobs. I never saw it. I should have. Um, that's definitely my cup of tea, you know. But anyway, so I started listening to this thing, and I'm blown away. I'm blown away. I only did one episode out of six. There's six episodes, maybe five. I don't know. 
whatever, five or six episodes. And so I want to share with you a little insight that I picked up that's really important as well. Um, there's something I learned in the Navy where they always said, perception is everything. They always said, perception is everything, perception is everything. And what they were referring to is like, if you were sitting at a desk, cause there's, there's things, there's times where you had to learn stuff like fire safety and whatever. Okay. So I'm, I'm reading, I'm sitting at a desk and I'm reading. If your head is up and you're looking down to read, it definitely looks like you're sleeping. If they catch you and they think you're sleeping, you're in trouble. And you could stand up and be like, no, 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 I was reading all day long. And their response to you is always perception is everything. You looked like you were sleeping, therefore you were sleeping. Okay. It's, 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 there's so many situations like that. Misunderstandings that on the surface are innocent. Um, so for example, another example here is, um, I used to play this game called Smite and my kids recently got into it. So my kids would play it on the Xbox. So I had to connect my account to the Xbox and all this stuff. Well, Smite, the company, well, the people that made Smite, they're called Hi-Rez, they, uh, they thought I shared my account information with someone else, and they banned my account for violating their terms of service. I'm like, first off, guys, this is a video game. <laughs> I've spent, <laughs> I spent $30 on this thing 15 years ago, <laughs> and I have not spent a dime since, you know, like... Like, why are you, who cares? Um, but secondly, I didn't share it with anyone. It's on my Xbox, right? Like, what are you talking about? Anyway, so, but perception is everything. Perception is everything. So back to Gates and Jobs here. And I don't know why, but I'm going to call Steve Jobs. I'm going to call him Steve. I don't know why. I just can't call him Jobs. Bill Gates, I'm going to call him Gates, okay? So we got Steve and we got Gates, okay? Now here's the crazy part, okay? This is where... This is where I'm actually a little bit on Gates' side. And this is where I hope, as I continue to listen to the story, I hope Steve starts to learn his own lessons about this stuff, okay? So, here's, here's, here's the story, okay? Um, and if you want the full details and the full entertainment value, definitely go check out Business Wars. Check out this business, this business war. It's amazing. Um, so, essentially... Steve, early on in Apple career, uh, he was co-founder, CEO. He got kicked out of his CEO position, <laughs> um, mostly because he was not a per people person. Uh, he was actually kind of, I don't know if jerk is the right way to say it. Um, he was very demanding, right? He, he demanded perfection to the point of having no patience, no grace with people. People would just get pissed off. And they had talented people on their team. And the, the rest of the company was like, dude, we can't have you pissing off these talented people that are helping our company. So you're out. <laughs> okay. And he wasn't completely out. He was just done being CEO. So then they decided to put him on these little mini projects to help out. You know, like almost like an employee. Um, and so he was. And then he got kicked off of project after project for the same reason. He just could not work well with people. And so that should be a lesson. <laughs> Hello? Like if if you're if you're CEO of a company, you get kicked off that position because you have an attitude problem, right? 
And then they put you on these little projects throughout and you keep getting kicked off because of an attitude problem. Don't you think you would like start thinking about your attitude and adjusting it and figuring out ways to do better? I don't know. That's just my brain. Um, so I'm kind of against Steve and this whole, this part. I know he turns things around, obviously. It's just his early years, man. I did not like the guy. <laughs> so then now let's talk about Gates, okay? Where does Gates come into play? How did this whole war start? Okay, this is where perception is everything. All right, so Gates was a software developer, one of the best in the world. Very talented software developer. He had a whole team. He called his team Microsoft, okay? So these are the guys that made software for microchips, right? Microsoft, right? And uh, he had a whole team. And these guys, their rep in development, software development, continue to go up and up and up and better and better and better to the point where computers finally started going to the masses. They started being made specifically for people. A personal computer, a PC, okay? Now, the first real personal computer on the market was from IBM. And IBM, before they went to market, about a year before, they were like, hey, we need software. Who do we know? And they're like, what about that Gates guy in Microsoft? And so they called up Gates and they had a meeting with him. They're like, dude, we've got the hardware. We just need the software. What do you got? And Gates is like, well, what time frame am I looking at? And they're like, well, you got 13 months. He's like, that's impossible. I can't make software for your stuff for a PC in 13 months. It's not possible. And so then they were like, okay, well, can you figure out a way? And so Gates thought for a moment. And he's like, you know what? Maybe there is a way. And what he did is he purchased like a base code from a different developer for $75,000 along with all the rights to it. Okay. And he used that as a big jump, jump start to the code he was writing for the first PC. So he's writing this code and everything about six months into the project, Apple, Mr. Steve calls Gates. Okay. And he goes, Hey, <laughs> What's up, Gates? Obviously, that's not what he said, but you, you get the idea, okay? He's like, hey, Gates, um, I hear you're making software for IBM in their personal computer. And Gates is like, yep. And Steve goes, you know what? We're making something better. It's called a Macintosh. And I need your help. And what we're doing is we're actually using a GUI, a GUI, which stands for Graphical User Interface. And for those of you that are not nerds, it's basically the graphics card of a computer. He goes, we're using a GUI, and are you interested? And Gates is like, huh, I am kind of interested. Oh, real quick, mini backup point with IBM in that deal. And Gates got the rights. He said, I'll do this for you, but only if I get to keep the rights to the software. And IBM agreed, okay? So Gates isn't an idiot. Okay, he's smart. So anyway, so, so Steve is like, yeah, can you do this? And Gates, the only, there's only two reasons he agreed to it. Number one, Apple's a big, they were still a big deal even before Macintosh. And he's like, this is a chance for us to work with a big deal. Okay. Number two is he's always wanted to develop with this new GUI thing, the new graphic stuff. So he was just kind of excited. He was kind of excited to play around with the new, the new platform, the new stuff, right? Oh, give me a second, guys. I'm turning around. I went halfway through my walk. It's been 15 minutes. Um, so he's like, two reasons. 
And Steve already knows he's working with another company to build software for them. That's what he does. He's a software developer. That's what they do. They write software for many companies, right? So he was devoting a third of his own resources towards Apple for this. And um, so anyway, so they're, they're going through this system. Now, the one thing that Steve did, Steve's not dumb, right? He said, hey, dude, you got to sign an NDA. You're not allowed to develop for GUIs with anyone else for a year. And Bill's like, that, that makes sense. Sure, I'll sign the stupid thing. So he does. Well, throughout that year, okay, throughout that year, Gates finishes the software for IBM. IBM releases the first PC. It sells 50,000 units in three months, right? Like, it does really well, <laughs> right? And then he continues to work on the Macintosh stuff. Well, six months into that project, right, Steve is like, dude, I feel like we're not moving forward. What's taking so long? And Gates goes, dude, we develop software to work with hardware, and your team keeps changing the hardware, okay? Now, what Steve didn't tell him is that they keep changing the hardware because Steve keeps making them do that. And he keeps doing that because he has this drive for perfection. This is one of the things that a lot of people looked up to Steve for. Like he had this, if he had a vision in his mind, he would not accept anything less than that vision in perfection. And so he kept changing the hardware to make it better and faster and better and faster. And that's not a bad thing in and of itself. But every time he changed the hardware, the software team had to change what they were doing. So it's like they, they almost never got ahead. And so Gates explains this whole thing to Steve. And eventually, over the course of that year, nothing was really done. It actually took three years for that first Macintosh to be released uh, for Gates to develop it fully for Mac. And before that was released, Gates, his NDA was up. A year later, his NDA was up. You know what he did? He said, I'm making my own GUI interface and he called it windows okay so he basically took all this work that he, he had been doing for for steve okay but they kept having to change it because of the change in hardware well now guess what they have they have a million versions of a certain software so then all they had to do so that they, they're not copywriting they just had to tweak a few things in the in the the system and how it works okay to make it so it's not breaking copyright laws Okay, and so about a year before Mac was launched, there was a headline all about Gates and Microsoft and how they made this this new operating system, this new GUI operating system called Windows. Oh my gosh, Steve was so pissed off, so pissed off. He called Gates right away. He's like, what is this I'm reading about Windows? What the crap is Windows? And Gates is like, dude. I keep, I've been telling you for over a year now, we have been developing your stuff and we will continue to develop your stuff as agreed on, but my NDA is up. I think what you're doing is cool. I made a version of it and I'm going to sell it. <laughs> so, so here's where perception is everything. This is the beginning of the rivalry between Steve and Gates. Who's right? Who's right in this scenario? Is Gates right because his NDA is up, therefore he's free to do what he, what he wants? Legally, yeah. Legally, he's doing everything totally fine. Is Steve right for expecting him to like, 
hey, there was delays. It's not right that the timeline, you know, the timeline for the project got pushed. Therefore, the timeline for the NDA should have gotten pushed, like implied pushed. Is that right? I mean, yeah. They're both right. This is where perception is everything, you guys. I don't think either of them are necessarily wrong in this scenario. The only thing that's wrong in this scenario is the fact that Steve never developed a good relationship. Because at this point in his life, he sucked at that. At this point in his life, you know what he could have done? He could have, like, I don't know, listened to Gates and been like, Okay, dude, I still have more hardware changes. Obviously, the project's going to take longer. Can we ex Let's extend the NDA so as to make this project amazing, right? And I bet you if he developed a good relationship with Gates, Windows wouldn't even be a thing. Microsoft would be a sole developer just for Apple, right? Now at the same time, Apple wouldn't have made their own developers down the road, right? Like, so it all happened the way it happened and it's fine. I'm just saying Gates would never have broken that NDA. Well, he didn't even break it. He would never have questionably pursued a similar software if his relationship with Steve was great. But that relationship was strained from the get-go because of the way Steve treats people, right? So perception is ultimately what drives a wedge between Gates and Steve. And, and perception is the thing that began this war between Microsoft and Apple. Isn't that nuts? I don't know. I find it really cool, actually, because I don't think either of them were wrong in their in their perception, right? I mean, it is it is what it is. Um, and so it's just it's just interesting to me. To me, it seems like Gates is a smart businessman, as is Steve, obviously. Okay, and Gates saw an opportunity where, hey, IBM made the first PC, but now Dell is coming into the picture, right? Now these other companies, Toshiba is getting into the picture, and all of a sudden he's like, dude, all of these companies need software. What if I sold them all software? And what if the software was cool and it used this new GUI stuff? Like, like what Macintosh is doing, right? Obviously we can't copy it verbatim, but we can make a version of it <laughs> and capitalize on it and make money and we'll still fulfill on our promise to Macintosh. And they did, by the way, when Macintosh was released 70,000 units in the first couple months, they blew IBMs out of the water, right? huge huge deal and it was like twice the price right it's pretty much the same model they do now <laughs> right um, so it's just amazing to me i love seeing these stories and hearing these stories and so i don't really feel like anyone broke any rules or any agreements i feel like you've got two entrepreneurs and they both are good at seeing opportunity and leveraging that opportunity and capitalizing upon it that's what i see and I see the only real weakness here was Steve's lack of people skills, right? Um, anyway, one last little bit to this story. This whole GUI stuff, because you could claim Gates stole it from Steve. The reality is this, though. Neither of them had this GUI interface. The first person to develop a screen where there's like a folder icon where you could like drag a file with a mouse, click and drag it, and drop it on the folder and it goes in, that whole graphic user interface, okay? The first person to develop that was actually Xerox. At the time, Xerox was bigger than both Microsoft and Apple, and Xerox had a whole research and development team. They created this first GUI interface, 
And when Steve had heard about it, he said, hey, I want to see that. And uh, Xerox said, no. <laughs> They're like, no, you can't see that. It's intellectual property. We can't let you see our secrets. And so Steve goes, what if I paid you $75,000? And they're like, for a tour? Just to see it? Like, you can't see the code. He goes, no, no, I don't want to see the code. I just want to see it. They go, okay. So Steve paid him $75,000. He went ahead and had a tour of their R&D department and facility. And then, of course, he got to see this, this gooey interface. Him and his one of his developers at the time. And uh, lo and behold, he loved it right? He loved it to death. And so he's, he's, he saw enough of it. They let him play around with it as long as he wanted. He played around a lot and he saw enough to know how to develop that himself for his own company. So this whole idea of the GUI interface, although Macintosh technically quote unquote had it first, they really didn't. They were just the first to go public with it. Um, the first person to actually have it was Xerox. And there was a point in time where Steve did blame Windows and said, hey, Gates, you stole our idea. And you know what Gates came back with? He goes, I could say the same about Xerox, right? And then that's why Steve never openly accused Windows of stealing their GUI, okay? It never happened. There was no lawsuit involved with that. Why? Because then they could come back and point out Xerox and point out what he did, right? And so it was this... It's like this uh, mini agreement not to sue each other so that <laughs> neither of them could lose. You know what I mean? Like, it's really silly. Um, man, how insane is that? Like, there's so many other possibilities. This is where my brain goes. I think about, like, there's so many other possibilities that they could do that could have they could have handled the situation differently. Because you got two brilliant minds. If they could figure out a way to work together, there's, there's a, oh, excuse me, there's a concept of a visionary and an integrator. If you didn't know, Steve Jobs is definitely a visionary. His integrator was a guy named Steve Wozniak, okay? Bill Gates is technically the visionary. He had an integrator, I don't even know his name, okay? But Bill Gates did not begin as a visionary. He began as an integrator. And so imagine if you had a visionary capability of jobs lined up with the integrator capability of Bill Gates. Imagine that company. Oh my gosh, I can't even imagine. Now, I don't know enough about Steve Wozniak to like say Gates would be better. I don't know enough, okay? All I know is that if you have one of the greatest visionaries in the world, Steve Jobs, combined with one of the greatest integrators in the world, Bill Gates, I'd be very curious to see what that company would have looked like. The, the amount of lives that would have been impacted in a very different way. Instead of this whole PC versus Mac competition, it would basically be one company dominating the whole industry. And uh, that would be pretty cool to see, I think, because I think there are things that I like about both platforms Obviously, I'm more on the PC side, like by a lot, but <laughs> there are things that Apple could learn from that. They just refuse because they have to be Apple. You know, they've kind of put themselves in this box <laughs> and uh, so did PC, right? They can't do certain things as well that Apple does because they put themselves into the, their own box. Wanting to be compatible with all these different hardwares, 
kind of shot themselves in the foot. While at the same time, Apple's saying, no, our, our hardware, our software working together, they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot too. There, there, there could have been a perfect equilibrium between them. And it all started with this, this relationship between Gates and Steve at the beginning and the perceived betrayal and the perceived copyright issues and the perceived all this stuff, right? Anyway, I'm done with my walk, guys. I'm going back to my car. I hope you guys learned a lot. I, again, recommend Business Wars. Um, it's amazing. The things you can learn from these people. These amazing people, you know? And like I said, nowadays, knowing who Bill Gates turns into, knowing who Steve Jobs turns into, I have significantly more respect for Steve Jobs. I have zero for Bill Gates. So, um, just so you know. <laughs> I know it sounded like I was harping on Steve the whole time, but but legitimately, they, they become very much the opposite of how they started. So, anyway, guys, love you all. Thanks for listening. Talk to you later.